nobody like this You ain't seen nobody like this You hear my sound all over town singing Good evening and welcome to San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. My name is Harry. Uh, joining me tonight is Rafa, Robert, Matt. Royce may be dropping by to tell us about the adventures in Pittsburgh. Um, but, uh, you know, let me just introduce uh, um, the real team, America's team here, the Denver Broncos who are playing tonight. They're up. <laughs> We're talking about that football. We're not talking about the Cowboys and Robert. You know, which team do you sport? Colts, Texans, Miami, Vikings. Skull. What, what, whatever. You know, it's like whatever the flavor of ice cream is, you know, Robert's team is. So. <laughs> Uh, so for those keeping track at home, uh, the Broncos in a punt fest are up 3-0 and well, we're on pace for about 11 to 10 again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Robert, how are you? Uh, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a couple days. I, I'm doing well. Uh, actually I'm slightly struggling as you're well aware. I went to that, uh, Brazilian steakhouse and I'm whew, 10 pounds of steak. Gosh, it's nuts. <laughs> But overall, pretty good. So you ate a lot of salads, what you're telling us? Yeah, exactly. One or two pieces of lettuce. <laughs> Some cheese. Uh, yeah, it always cracks me up. That, like uh, every once in a while, work will take us. And uh, people will be like, I'm going to the salad bar. I'm like, why? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Rafa, how are you? Uh, last week, you were out traveling the, the world of Texas. Uh, so happy that you had safe returns. Uh any interesting uh, stories that you can tell, either PG or you know semi PG ish? Well, I, I survived a hit and run, <laughs> no deaths. <laughs> Someone ran into me, I swipe swipe me and took off after my visit at Permian High School. So go Mojo! And then right before I went to an event that evening, so that was kind of the highlight of that. But it was a it was a good trip. Long trails there, started in Abilene. Finished in Odessa, came back a five-hour drive on Friday, and hit, and then hit the sack. <laughs> Got to sleep most of the weekend, so I'm glad to be back. But I'm hitting the road again next week, so I'll probably be remote next week in in Laredo. They they hit your nice car. No, they no, I had, they hit the nice uh the nice Enterprise rental car. Oh no, <laughs> oh, no, so not so bad. Not so bad. <laughs> glad to have insurance. <laughs> has insurance. <laughs> DJ Matt, how are you? Spinning, spinning the, spinning, spinning on the. Uh, the I was drum? gonna say wheels, but uh, I know that's Always too spinning old. on the drum. <laughs> Once and twos. <laughs> Doing good. Just watching all the all the madness going on right now in the USL. So, just having fun. So, one observation that I have before we get to the how was your week here is. 
the season takes forever to get here. And then the first part of the season's like, you know, hey, wait, you know, wait, wait, wait. And then next thing you know, mid-season's here, and then you blink and the, you know, hey, it's playoffs. And I'm just like, holy cow, where, where did where did you know where did the season go? Because uh San Antonio FC's got two matches left. Uh one one away this Sunday at 4 p.m. Uh, central time. And then next week uh they get to face the uh reigning champions at this point, Orange County in the final home game or the final home regular season game uh for that here so playoffs uh i'm assuming if you're watching this you know san antonio fc's clinched the best record in all of usl uh for the first time they have the opportunity to set the most or tie the most wins record they have the opportunity to uh get the most points if they win these next two matches uh against birmingham legion and orange county so a lot to talk about obviously last week unfortunately Schedules, life, kids, jobs, uh, uh, unfortunately prevented us from getting together to have, you know, ha- you know, set at the table. So, Rafa, what's your uh, thoughts on the last two weeks for San Antonio FC? So, what can you say? I mean, it's a good time not to, not to take the foot off the gas. It was just to say, I think, I think they, they learned a lot from, especially from last year. Then when you put, you know from other teams that kind of, especially like Phoenix and all that, you know, they kind of, you know, took a foot off the gas and it kind of cost them, you know, the for that first round or second round loss. I think they they understand that we, we need to keep momentum. We need to keep at, be at a certain level, going knowing that we're gonna have a buy now, that we gotta keep our game up going into the playoffs because we've accomplished what we. What they want, uh, with they they're, they're beginning with the goal, and they've obtained it, and this is the time to win it all. You know, you know, it's kind of like put up or shut up. You know, now we take the next step to get to the championship game, which hopefully we will get to. Ho- well, if we do go through, we we'll get to host. Yeah, so we'll we'll have a buy the the uh, first week uh, first play week of the playoff rounds, which is the. Uh, which is the weekend of the 21st through the 22nd. It's already been announced that San Antonio FC will play Friday night, uh, October 28th at 730 uh, against a to-be-determined opponent. And the reason why it's to-be-determined is unlike the East, um, I think everybody's still uh, still in it outside of uh, Orange County, actually. So. We'll, we'll get to that when we get to the standings and the different options. I know RGV sweating it. Oakland Roots is sweating it. El Paso took a bad loss last night. They're on the outside. Vegas, Monterey Bay, Galaxy, even Phoenix Rising still has, has a shot. Uh, so, But there is one team that's finally eliminated uh, compared to the East. So for that here. Matt, what's your, uh, your, your initial thoughts on the last two weeks? Just very, uh, I guess... Shouldn't be. I shouldn't say nail biting, but it kind of is because you just don't know who you're gonna play in in, in the end. So it's it's very it's very uh, I guess competitive right now just to see who's who's fitting where. So uh, it looks very good over on on the west because it's it's so close together. Robert, your thoughts uh, on the last two weeks uh, initially? I mean, the big thing is just consistency. Like they've. <laughs> 
like Rafa alluded to, they're keeping the their foot on the gas and then the different lineups and still finding success. Like and even Manly getting a goal, like different players are stepping into different roles and producing, you know. And it's it's really cool to say the regular season championship and then that points record's on the line. But I mean, I I almost want like Matt saying to already know who we're gonna play, get it scheduled. Let's let's go. Let's let's bring on the playoffs, man. Let's do it. So, all right, let's get into uh, Sacramento. It's two weeks. We'll make it quick. We'll watch the the uh, previews based on um, YouTube and um, USL Championship here. And we'll see. And of course, the race of the playoff uh, by USL Playoff is presented by Hennessy. Let's roll. Top the Western Conference table, sixty-seven points. Their magic number is one to clinch their first ever it's a pretty ball. season I'm still waiting for a goal from Maloney. <laughs> yes, he's yes. overdue one. He's overdue one. Manly couldn't get it turned around on that one. Found its way to Carter Manley over there, but he couldn't get a clean turn on it. Goes against average of point seven eight. Most impressive thing is to see a blues like service. Like every time you watch it, it's the exact same. It's so consistent. Like it's on a platter. Bending off Connor Donovan and Duplacois over there outside the area. Spots B seats out of the box, gives it a go, and it's punched away over goal by Vidiello. He had many chances just like this. Great first touch. Little shot off the half volley and. Again, great save. Carano. Back in the middle of the park finds PC. Over to Wendetter and brings it down. Turning it to his left. To the back post. It's in. Sarah Wendetter. And that's fantastic. His 10th goal of the season. And SAFC is on the board first. What a fabulous that, that, That's his forte of those shots. Yeah, for him to just kind of slow, and, slow and that's what we We needed that outside the box shot, like to give the threat of, you know, that the goal he has to stay honest. Like prior to him being here, remember how many goals outside the box? Almost none. So here's yeah. my question. Is there anything that the defender could have done other than what he was doing? And obviously you see the goalie down here at the bottom. Because um, it seemed like he had time. There's space, but like, what is his options? He's going to stab and then get beat. Like, yeah, he, like he could have closed in a little bit, in a little bit more. But like Robert said, if you stab, he's gonna he's gonna dribble by you, and still probably end up getting the goal. But I think he's he, well, I think what he saw in that play is the positioning of the goalkeeper. So if I can hit it to that corner spot, the goalkeeper's not gonna get it. Or, or if he turned around and looked, like how many offensive players are in the picture? Yeah, there's <laughs> he, no, he, he could have pressed. He could have taken a chance. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that. They ran the, you know, the shot, you know, the rebound, and that's something we probably need to address later. Just puts it out, Otto. Looks like a surprise. The the pressure inside the eighteen. I mean, maybe to stand him up and not let him. And the goalkeeper. He's had a few of those shots. So. Mm -hmm. No, I know for sure. And, and he's playing better too. Like he's yes, yeah, he's definitely being a lot more of a threat. Next yellow, amounting in a two-match suspension. Rodrigo Lopez is also in that same situation for Sacramento Republic as well too. 
And they both got it, you know, for that. Over here to the right side. Jack Gurr gives it a go and a great <sighs> there. That's one said no. Meanwhile, behind the play, an injured SAFC defender. It looks like both of them touched it, Maloney yeah, and Far. Like it touched Maloney and Far. Yeah. But there was something that happened off the ball over here. Toronto slips a good ball man. into Adenarin. Maloney, the turn, and it goes off the one. Not unlucky. Yeah. And usually that's a money goal for Sam Adenarin. Opportunity by the wayside for SAFC to go up two. It all started mm. from the fancy footwork by Toronto. I think it's he had time to settle that. But he should have done way better with that. He's done that twice now. Whether he had time to really kind of first touch it and then 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 send the shot in. Check off another one of those preseason goals that every coach has at the beginning of the season. Oh yeah, this is where a red card. Which I'm surprised that wasn't rescinded. I'll I'll admit it was weak. It was so weak. <laughs> you know, he's like facing his back. He's not really. Minimum eight minutes, but I'm thinking at least another two, at the least. Like, uh, this ball is nearly driven in. That's what I noticed. Like even the, that guy Foster, man, that guy was a he kept diving. Acrobatic attempt. He's much stronger than that, but like as soon as he got any contact down, just shy of that front post. The most opportunistic chances here at the end. For the first time in their history, San Antonio FC is the Western Conference. No, oh, that's me. Look at, look at that guy. Is <laughs> that guy? Let's let's watch that preview. <laughs> I had not seen that. <laughs> uh, so, looking at the uh, stats of the match, uh, fifty-eight forty-two. Uh, Sacramento actually outshot us 15 to 13, but we had more shots on target. Um, we had five corners. They had none. We had two offsides. They had 13 fouls. We had 12, five yellow cards apiece. We had the one red card. Uh, both teams actually got impacted by the yellow cards. Uh, we lost Tainer and they lost actually, uh, Roro uh, Lopez, uh, you know, to me, their PC and, and, and key person. Uh, they did miss their big chance. We, of course, we hit it, hit the uh, woodwork uh, as we saw. Uh, Rafa, uh, we we completed, you know, had 300 passes, completed 184, 61 percent. Still not good. <laughs> Still not good. Do, do I need to go to practice and work over <laughs> that? But what I did like to see, when you know, if you saw in the video when we scored some of those goals or when we threatened those quick touches with inside the 18. We do a lot of damage with that, but we kind of we've gone away from that. If we do a little bit more, because we got the players that we can kind of, like I said, that's how kind of set up that Nacho Bologna shot that almost went in. I mean, if we can play a little bit better there as far as the touch of the ball, um, I, I think we can score over a lot more goals. But hey, you know, with the, with, with with our defense, we're winning <laughs> these one zero games, so. Yeah, your thoughts on the on the one zero matches? Uh, you know, I think it battle tests, especially for the playoffs coming up, because typically it, it is a tighter game, generally lower scoring for the most part. But as, as we've seen, um, you're one shot away from from tying, and then I'm still not 100 percent confident in this team's ability to go to PKs. Uh, and pull it mm -hmm. out, and it's not about goalkeepers, it's more about 
people people are taking a shot. You know, like I don't, I'm sorry, PC, but I don't want you taking any BKs personally because <laughs> you can't follow it up on, on, on the shootout. So, but uh, your guys' thoughts on the 1 0 wins because. You know, be honest with you, San Antonio's had, I think it was what, eight of them? I think I, think I heard uh, somebody was saying. It, uh, the 1 0 wins, I mean, there's different types, though. There's some where they're a little more dominant than others, like the Colorado one, and even the, we'll talk about the Pittsburgh, but both of those, I couldn't say we were clearly the better team. But in Sacramento, I mean, gosh, the amount of quality chances, those were a little bit more dominant 1 0, no matter what the scoreline reflects. And, and like we talked about, like yesterday, that, the wonder strike were susceptible because what was it that LA galaxy hits that free kick. Now we're tied or down. And now we have to come back. We had one lapse in judgment and all of a sudden he, that's the only quality chance they had. And that's all they needed. Now we're one, one in the playoffs. Now what, you know, it's just a matter of consistency in terms of the offense, but the key is if we can get that second goal. I mean, at that point, it almost seems like the other team gets massively desperate and it just gets exponentially worse, but we need to hit that, that second goal lead to you know just to kind of impose our will at that point i think the other teams lose their confidence well especially when we score on them first we put a lot of doubt on their minds and then and that's why i think we won so many so close games yeah. i don't think we've been in a, in a game that's been like a shootout like a four three five four i think the i mean our losses you know is because we haven't scored or you know i think the only ones were like the three losses the three old losses with san diego uh, san diego and with um the closest Phoenix. one was at monterey the three two yeah um and rgv at home two two draw but yeah there's outside of that and not counting the <laughs> phoenix or you know the, the you know the three oh two o's that that they've won or you know the five o or you know against atlanta united two or the you know six o against monterey bay at, you know at the start of the season but yeah for San Antonio FC, it's generally been a one-goal win, with the exception of a Monterey Bay. Uh, well, not counting those. <laughs> Miami, uh, they won <laughs> Miami 2-0. Mm-hmm. They won uh, Charleston 2-0. They won against Vegas 2-0. Um, Twice. Vegas both it, games 2-0. 2-0 both of them. And the Roots 2-0 the last time mm-hmm. here. Other than that, it's been a one-goal uh, one goal game outside of you know the blowouts and, and the and the way losses, but they've been they've been very competitive. Like they've got so let's see one two three four five six seven eight nine actually ten um, ten uh, one loss wins and their and that, losses. And that goes, of, yeah. And that, and that goes to the defense, you know. And then, you know, we've rotated our defense, too, you know, with, with Garcia out or with Tanner out with cards and so forth. So you got to give props to those guys that I think we're, this team is built for to win a 1-0 game and to hold the lead. But like Robert mentioned, we do. I think we, if we can get that second goal, I think we can kind of cruise in, into a, to a victory because it's it's going to be – it's tough for teams to kind of score more than – more than three goals on us, and unless it's just a bad night that we're not putting goals in, you know, our defense usually keeps us in the games. And, well, I'll say this for the Pittsburgh match. Matt, any final thoughts on Sacramento? It's always a tough match. The the season series split, each team winning 1-0 at their home fields. Both games are fairly competitive. Um, I think both teams, you know, walk, could walk away saying, hey, you know, felt that they should have drew points equally uh, from both matches. So 
Um, they are a team that, when it comes to playoff time, I, I won't lie, I'm a little bit worried about. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for that here, for me, it's them in San Diego. I, I know. You know, when we go later on the show, we'll kind of go around and see who do you not want to face uh, in the playoffs. That you know, uh, for that here. Uh, but any final thoughts that you have on the Sac Republic match before we move over to uh, the the rainy day in Pittsburgh? I mean, I, I do believe like there should have been at least two more goals in that game. Mm-hmm. There's there there was a lot of momentum going in after that after that first goal, but it's like it's like I have said, it's been it's been people not people the team starts to figure out us, and then that's when they shift a little bit. But at the same time, they the guys gotta just get that that second or third goal in there. Uh, even with some of those open shots that we saw in in the in the Sacramento game, I mean, it's. It's all it's on the guys right now. Like they they need to just get that that next goal in there. Robert, your final thoughts on the uh, Sac Republic game? Like I said, uh, it, it was uh, a win that uh, we dominated as far as a one zero. I mean, they had one quality chance, maybe two, and it, it's just classic SAFC. And then hopefully that translates to in the playoffs. You know, when it comes home playoff time, make it a fortress, get loud. You know, make teams uncomfortable. You know, but you're right. Sacramento is one team that plays so similar to us in a lot of ways to where they play enough evens and have enough offense to where they can give you fits. Like, it's not one that I would look forward to playing, but I, I guess we'll touch on, touch on that in the later segments. Rafa, your final thoughts? Uh, like I said, it was a great win, especially that loss in Sacramento. And like I said, it, if you, you know, you got to beat the best teams. Like I said, I think the West is a lot stronger than the East. So you got you got to beat quality teams if, you, if your goal is to win the win it all. So great quality win, close win. We'll move on to the next one. So moving on to the next one. Uh, da, 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 da. Once again, uh, thanks to YouTube and USL Championship uh, for it here. Uh, race to the USL playoffs, and we're off in a rainy day. In... 55 degrees, a lot of rain. Devin, will that have any kind of impact on the firepower this evening? It's going to just in the sense of the pitch. We've also seen in plenty of... So you guys have played soccer here. Rainy, turf, how does that play? <laughs> Horrible. Yeah, it just slides. It's, Horrible. Well, there's different kinds of turf, though, because that turf is different than Detroit's. Like, that's... Uh... Some are a lot slicker than others. Some absorb more water to where it's a lot more like puddles <laughs> to where it's not absorbed into the ground. It's literally like the ball will, will sit in, in pockets. So this, one dra- this one drained pretty well. I didn't yeah, it was notice any. Like the dude, when you watch it though, it starts to like collect in certain areas to where it makes it even impossible to dribble. It just gets stuck. This is more about New Mexico United field that gets canceled due to you know <laughs> last night here, but you know we'll leave it at that. <laughs> Made it look like a rice field. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think when you play on turf like this, I, I think the biggest concerns are the keepers. The keepers are kind of like you know how's the ball going to skip, you know, and then also the grip of the ball too. You know, he did say it's fifty-five degrees. You know, it's moisture. It's gonna. It's gonna. You know, you're. Glo- Unless you got some nice top-notch gloves, you know, you got to be very cautious as far as, you know, play be a little conservative as far as making sure uh, you're, you're, you know, settling the ball and blocking the ball, you know, and, you know, getting the ball inside you. Because here you take some risks, it can cost it cost you a game. And, and the way it skips along there, the passing accuracy I heard was horrible. And it, it's reflected oh, yeah. in there. It's tough. It's tough. 
the direction, uh, yeah, and the agent, game, it's tough. This game had a lot of horrible passing, a lot of <laughs> horrible first touch. <laughs> well, to me, I thought this was a good playoff primer, mm-hmm. not only for the weather because it typically gets a little bit colder, and we'll see here. But you know, I remember when uh, the Scorpions were making their deep playoff run. You know, the, that championship night was, you know, you were bundled up and and through there. So. Uh, to me, I was kind of excited that they did play in some, you know, wet conditions, some chilly conditions, because uh, if they get, you know, mid-November here in San Antonio, yeah, you know, it's, it, you know, that's cold for us. And, and to me, I think that's good, uh, you know, a good test for them uh, on the road here. So and it's a team that doesn't lose either. You don't beat yeah. Pittsburgh at Pittsburgh. That's rare. That, that week off can also be a detriment and you come out a little bit slow. So still plenty to play to figure out here. Gotta imagine San Antonio wins it this year. Is that shot from Griffin comes well off the bar. Second corner of the contest for Pittsburgh, that header. Everyone's made through to Jar. Jar, excuse me. Service again. That one wiped away at the last second. So already in the second half, because the first half was defensive. <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> Done, of course, for right hand on it. Yeah, right, exactly right there with the wood bite. With the wet curve. That little bounce, that little yeah. skip right there cost you a goal. It caught him off guard, you could tell. But he was able to react to that one. So, this is what you're talking about, right? Yeah. The slight hesitation. Great attempt. It was good to see him back. Yeah. Good to see him back. With his right hand to poke it out from his body, so he's reaching a little bit. Watch the English on the ball. Gets up his underneath sub- it. His substitution really changed the chance, game. Though, even though he doesn't get really change the game, the, the perception to, of the game. Himself. And also, he really influenced, yeah. Him and Hernandez, too. Like, they're active. Valera plays it out wide. Maloney trying to get to it. He does. That header. Pretty good look there. Maloney just to get to that ball was impressive. Garcia looking down, trying to find it himself. The shot, wait, follows it over the net. That's the difference between Abu and Garcia, in my opinion. Down. He's not looking at the goal. He oh, he can, yeah, he can serve it up. At all. Garcia's due for Last time out, ball, very similar going situation. He, yeah, no, he's good. Maloney did a good I'll, job. The hustle the play of the game. Of the, of the game. Now it's the 86th minute. That huge kick oh, finds the back of the net. There's I'll see if I can pull it up here. Yeah, he saved it from going out. One to nothing, San Antonio. Whatever it takes, mentality to go and nice find the result. Mm-hmm. Just ask for a game changer. Look who it is again, Mickey Hernandez. The trickery on the left the first time cuts it back to the right on the second. What do you know about it if you're Carter Manley? That was like a hopeless feeling for the goalie when you see that. that you're like frozen in time. You're like, is that <laughs> you can't move? It's like right there, but you're already like, your momentum. Your you San Antonio. All right. So we'll go start with you, Matt. Your thoughts on? Or here, let me do the stats here real quick here, and then I'll pull up the goal here uh, for that here. So Rafa is going to be happy with these stats. So. Uh, <laughs> if you're mad about the other one, yeah. uh, so oh, it's, possession wise, hitting is Bob Lilly. So, uh, 
this this is what has to drive teams crazy. Possession wise, Pittsburgh had the ball sixty seven percent. We had had it for thirty three percent. Um, and that was you know first half we had it sixty or they had it sixty eight percent. We had it thirty two, and you know sixty five thirty five in the second. Um, but to me, eleven shots, three on target for San Antonio. Pittsburgh only had five shots, two on target. We had 10 corner kicks. They had five. Um, passing. Um, we only attempted 232 passes. We only had accurate passes of 109. So that is a, a, a 47% clip. Um, they had 467 at 70%. Uh, we were 19 of 72 for 26% on long balls. Uh, thirty-six ninety. Um, Rafa, um, <laughs> you you're upset at sixty. We're now below fifty, but still getting the win. <laughs> I guess I guess I guess that one pass it did they go through. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that was I the mean, quality but, pass. Ben, what do you what do you expect from like, especially for you going against Bob Lee? He's got a lot of experience. I know he knows how to game plan, and you know their def their defense is kind of built similar to ours, as far as you know pressure. But you know we, but there was a good test, you know. But still, we need to improve that because I think I think we that second uh, second half we really could have put a, a, you know I think two or three if we made better passes. Because the first half we we looked kind of a little lost and Pixford did dominate a bit, but then we kind of flipped the the switch on them in the second half, and especially when Lorera came in, we were getting a lot better chances. It's just the passing, you know, it was either behind or two, you know, and I understand maybe the weather conditions kind of came in a factor in, but you know we need to get a little bit better in that because we like Roger mentioned Robert mentioned the last you know the last game we got to score we score two goals no one's going to beat us that's just how i see it we just we're just too good back there you know to to maintain maintain a lead so i, I think but like i said it's a great win it's a, i guess not everybody wins in Pittsburgh and and it just it just we're, we're i guess this game proves that we're battle tested and we're ready to go for the playoffs so I was looking at it here. The XG was 0.25 for San Antonio, 0.09 for the Riverhounds uh, for that here. So that tells you that, that 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 tells you how well this match was. So all right, so I think <laughs> I got it queued up here. All right, so let me go back ten seconds. So we'll do. So we'll start. Uh, let me see here. I think that's. I think this starts the sequence of it. See, it tries his luck from a different angle. Here's Hernandez. Nice, nice move by, move Hernandez. by Nikki. Hernandez offering some service. So at least the last five to six minutes. So that kind of sets up the play that we Pulse score on. Pittsburgh. Just keeps it alive, right? I think it's going. 50-50 balls, second chance opportunities. Who wants to be the grit to the goalpost? Yeah, with, with Nikki and, and Laura, we, we saw a little more offensive. We got a little bit more aggressive. I, I think Martinez, you know what? I was going to take it. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. 
Yeah, what a great play by Maloney. I mean, yeah, good job of keeping this the attacking yeah. third. That sums up his whole season, like hustle, hustle. And I really think that the plays prior to this mm -hmm. sets up Nikki for him to have this space because before he was on it. Yeah. You know, you know they don't. I know they don't do hustle plays for stats, but Maloney's just been, you know. Mm -hmm. There's a know, couple. Oh, did, I, did I show you that play or no? No, I think it didn't oh. come. Oh, hold on. Could have said something, guys. <laughs> I've watched it about ten times. Hernandez <laughs> offering some service. Pittsburgh just keeps it alive, right? So this is the play that I was talking Ooh, about for Nikki. Sure. It sets up. Mm -hmm. To me, this sets up the goal. Who wants to be the greatest? Or the assist for Nikki? Yeah, because then now they're and thinking twice about pressing on him. <laughs> Williams goes crashing into the goalpost. Little salon trying to climb the ladder there. This one whipped out. Ardonez. Back clearance by Pittsburgh. A great save by Maloney there. Maloney did a good job of keeping this in the attacking third. And he had just beat him, so he came back to the other side. And, and, the the back of the net. and their flag went down. Sad flag. <laughs> we did see Royce waving his flag as behind the bench. Yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. Five to ten minutes, the road team has woken up. They've ignited the bench, and they now lead late. You know, it was a good, great spark by Nikki there, and also Malera. Find a way; they have that game-winning, do whatever it takes mentality to go and find themselves a result. Just ask for a game changer. Look who it is again, Nikki Hernandez. The trickery on the left the first time cuts it back to the right on the second. Was that was that a handball there? It almost looked kind of close. I saw that too, but either way, like the trajectory changed so much, like. Like yeah, it was the it was versatility crazy. of this team. Play them anywhere that you want. I will say, and it's not in the highlights. Um, there were a couple of questionable calls. There was a clear handball by San Antonio that did not get called. Um, it's slow here. Yeah. There was also a push in the back on. I think it was Sam. Uh, mm -hmm. In the box, flat. Yeah, in the box, flat out. Um, but. Um, uh, Darius says, "Blame the rain plus the turf for the the low pass success." <laughs> I think too. Like one of my questions about the passing accuracy: Do you think it's some of it stems from the fact that we don't try to possess in the back end? Are we we're trying more pressing, challenging passes now? There's times when it works really well, and there's times when that type of low percentage pass isn't always going to be the most effective or show up in the stats. But it just has to work so many times for you to be successful. It's it's more on the when we attack. If you watch some of the fields, some of the passes that we do, they're like fours. I understand we play the ball from the back to the front, and, and, yeah. and that's just our game. But when we're in, on the attacking side, especially near the 18, we just have such a difficulty as far as getting clear passes there. Uh, except for, like I said, like that goal that we scored. That's where we need to look more of that. Or even the quick touch from the Sacramento game. If we can do those quick touch combinations, and, and we've hurt a lot of teams when we do that. 
but a lot of the times we send lazy passes or yeah, yeah, hopeful balls like up yeah, there hope so this guy get beaten getting on. Well, it. to me, part of it's the kickball. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, we're only completing two, three hundred passes, and if a third of those approximately are long balls, which are not high successful passes to begin with, that I think that's that that is part of the, to me that's part that goes into the numbers. It, but that's why Larea and Perano and Nikki are like a change of pace. Like it's no, they're a little bit more creative and they're more of the intricate, mm-hmm. like short touch passing. They, they've shown some some flashes, some offensive flashes that we're missing because. They don't rely on the long ball as much. No. Matt, your thoughts on the uh, Riverhounds uh, match? Gee, there was a lot of ankle breakers. I'll say that. There was a lot of slip and slide. But I do, I do think it's great that we came out with the win. Uh, of course, the way it was done too. Uh, I just wish that, due to the circumstances of the weather, uh, it would have, we could have gotten maybe one more goal in there, maybe. But. It is. It played out how the way it played out. And a new starting lineup. Yeah, well, lineup. A, a brand new one. Thirty-second <laughs> lineup. I think. Uh, I think we only duplicated one. Time. So looking at the stats on on USL, um, this will make you even feel a little bit better. Um, passing accuracy, and this goes to Rafa's point. Passing accuracy in opponents' half. Pittsburgh was sixty-two point four in ours. We were forty-one and a half. Um, you know, for San Antonio. Um, they have our pass and accuracy at 47% uh, for that here. Um, our crossing accuracy, surprisingly, 37.5%. So we can cross, but uh, the simple passes, um, 11 shots. They had five, as we discussed here. Um, only one yellow card. You guys made mention of the the substitution. So the starting lineup for Pittsburgh was Far, Delem, Garcia, Manley, uh, Abdul Salam, Maloney, Abu, PC, Adinarin, Pirano, and Lynn. Um, at at the well, I thought it was at the half. Um, yeah, Hernandez came on for Abu at the at the half, right right at the halftime. And then I think where the offense really woke up is Pirano came out and Lynn came out uh, for Lorera and Baloney. Uh, you know, with not uh, with Nacho there, and then Collier came in for Sam at the 90th minute. You know, for, you know for you know late there, but basically the two subs that you know, or I guess you could say the three subs: Abu for Hernandez, and then Larrera for Pirano, uh made such a difference. And then Jacqueline, um, we got to have a discussion because because I, I, he was a first team. You know, one of the top goal scorers for MLS Next Pro. For, in my opinion, for, and I'm not saying he's not doing the right job and, and stuff like that, because obviously he is, because he's getting minutes. You know, Coach Marcina likes him. But to me, you can see there's a drop-off when he's on there compared to, uh, you know, Nacho, compared to, you know, the, the previous, you know, Dylan, Patino, along those lines. And that's kind of to be expected. Um, but your thoughts on the substitution patterns and, and how it paid off. I know for me in talking with Mongols, who's the uh, podcast for, you know, the Riverhounds and, you know, I was talking to uh, Kaylor with uh, hammering down, you know, for the Legion. I think the reason why San Antonio is so successful, especially with these one Oh wins is the depth that they bring on. There's no drop in quality. Um, yeah. They're bringing on starters. And that's why I think we've had 32 different lineups. 
That's fair. Is because Coach Marcina knows, hey, whoever I whoever I put in there can perform at the same level as the as the guy that's going to the bench. That's fair. <laughs> whoever yeah, wants to go first. Yeah. Like I said, I think that's the key for especially for last year. We didn't really have too much of the depth. Timeout, timeout. Uh, the Denver Broncos are up 6 0. <laughs> so America's team <laughs> has, has advanced its its lead. So let me another go back on the Bronco hat. Uh, another field goal. <laughs> another, <laughs> another Anderson. Another. <laughs> I, ahead, I think. Rafa, sorry. I, I know there's a. I, I think you know the depth we had is a lot better than we had last year, and then, and I think like I said we have the starters. We have guys that can start pretty much anywhere. I think I think it's the case with Jack. I think him. I don't think he's caught up to the game. the The speed of the game. Uh, the speed of the game. The USL champions is a lot different from MLS next because Correct. there you're playing with boys. Here you're playing with men and. But and I think in time, I think Marcina does have confidence in him. I think in time he'll learn how to, you know, plus the chem, you know, the play, but the chemistry. He has to build that chemistry, and I don't think he's built that chemistry yet with, uh, with the yeah. with the guys. Like with, yeah. I think like Perano, I think the exception was made Perano because Perano knows the system, so he he didn't like he didn't have to t- take him a while to kind of get it going. So I think I think Jack's gonna gain some valuable time. I don't know he'll, he'll get some. He'll probably start again against Birmingham, and he'll, probably he'll see. And hopefully, like I said, by the time the playoffs start, you know we do get Dylan, we do get Patino back because yeah. no team wants us. If we have those two forwards <laughs> healthy, ready to go, who, who can really game plan against us? And that's the key. Not really, no one has really been able to kind of game plan us. Maybe the Sacramento, I mean the San Diego game, but we were shorthand. We were playing academy players, but coming to the playoffs, I don't think anybody can, you know, make a game plan to stop us because we Marcina can come up with any combination for for that game. Robert, yeah, like like Rafa said, I mean those substitutions were the key to sparking the offense. And now that everyone's getting you know relatively healthy. Now we even have more options to come in. And if something's not working, he has other pieces he can push back in to kind of maybe stir the pot or, or, or spark some creativity that, you know, was lacking or rest some tired legs, you know, because it is a long season. It's a grind. So it's good to have like the people coming off the bench, like with fresh legs to kind of give your team that spark in the end. And and my thought on Lynn right now at this point is kind of giving a grade of like incomplete because it's kind of hard, harsh or yeah. hard to like put him in that situation. He could have been in a system where he's a nine and he gets fed the ball. And then all of a sudden he's in a position where he needs to create and he did, you know, read off people's runs. So he's learning his, his teammates. So, I mean, it's and still USL a matter of time. And John, USL tactics did uh, earlier in the week, if you go, did pull out how him and Sam are making the runs. Um, so I think that's, and to me, I think, and that's why I said up front, I think coach Marcina likes what he's seeing on it. But to me, just, you know, the, when he's on the field, it doesn't seem like we have the same attacking prowess as we do with the other forwards. And, For sure. You know, and, and that may not be fair to him. It's not fair to Pirano as well because it seems like, um, to me, Pirano hasn't been the Pirano of old um, for that here. You know, but he's also playing more. To me, to me, Pirano plays you know, is playing good, and and I think the system's tweaked a little bit from when he was oh, in before. It's, yeah, it's way different. Like, 
Yeah, it reminds me of basketball where they dump it to a point and they're like, here, you create versus now you have a system where you run. So he's fitting into that role, like in terms of he creates when he has to, but he's still, you know, once again. Well, you know, what I like to see is him and, him and Lorero playing at the same time. Yeah. Oh. Uh, that, I mean, I don't but know. I don't the, think you're going to see that, though, because then who, who are you taking off? You know, Abu? You can take off a blue or PC if well for for I guess for these two games. But then you expose your defense. Yeah, it depends more. what you want. Yeah, like what do you want? Like defense or offense? Like that's what, that's what you got to choose. That, yeah. But that's if especially if you're down a goal, if you need instant offense, if you have the, yeah. just to kind of test it out, you know, you never know. If come in a situation, hey, I need to plug in two attacking midfielders to get a goal. There's an opportunity there. So I, I think I like to see them. Both at the same time, see what they do. Maybe even put them outside the ring, have a dinner and up top as a nine, and let them to go. Me, that's crazy. you know, if and I know we're going to have the Orange County game that technically won't matter for here, but I and I'm pretty sure they're going to start most of the starters because they got the bye week the next week. But I think it would be awesome to see Nikki, um, Pirano, uh, Larrera kind of as, as your midfield with you know whoever that you have up top i would love to see that mixture that those those three yeah, yeah. midfielders because number one nicky's proven that he's very you know he stepped up defensively oh for sure but he has he has that speed and creativity that we've seen um and you add him with pirano and larrera that that would be for me very tasty to watch i'll just yeah. leave it at that with with patino up top Poaching goals. I don't know if the seniors coming back though. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know how. Yeah, that. Uh, yeah, but we got to give it to Nacho. I mean, Nacho's really stepped it yes, up. Yes, I mean, yes, yeah. yes. He, yeah, he's definitely gotten a lot more dangerous lately. So, final thoughts on the Riverhounds. Um, I know Pro SAFC, you know, kind of, you know, uh, uh, put it as like rainy, rainy night in Stoke. Um, that famous saying, you know, where it's cold and wet and a tough place. Tough place to play, Matt. Final thoughts on the River Hounds and, and the trip, uh, you know, where we got a little bit of revenge because last year here in San Antonio, uh, I want to say it was Forbes that scored a goal, you know, right around the 90th minute, 89th minute to tie it. This time we get the late goal, uh, to get, walk away with the three points. Uh, you know, a little, you know, I doubt SAFC's uh, talking about that, but uh. Any thoughts on that, Matt? I mean, hey, it's great that we came out with a, I guess, a, a competitor in the East. So it's it's good to see see them getting the feel of somewhat of a playoff vibe. Uh, obviously, the conditions kind of made it a little bit more tougher with the rain and the temperature. Uh, something they're probably not completely used to yet because we haven't hit it over here yet. So I'm. Just thankful to see that they're they're keeping up with with what what tread they're getting. So if they have to kick it up another notch. Hopefully they they go above uh, seventy instead of going that steady forty five. <laughs> Robert, your final thoughts. I mean. A win is a win is a win. I mean, that's, I mean, you can look at stats, you can look at plays, but if you're a results-driven team, I mean, that's the key is a, a win. I mean, not that the Broncos fans would know, but. <laughs> 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 I 
Next. <laughs> All right. Well, there is one thing that we have to talk about. Mm -mm. Uh, this was the uh, release from uh, SAFC. Nikki in the cart is what makes this video. Yeah. <laughs> I watched it over just watching him in the cart. That's hilarious. <laughs> They're like spinning him in circles. They're about to flip him out of that cart. Um. <laughs> <laughs> this is a courtesy of San Antonio FC uh, and their Twitter account. That was the best. Um, supporter Shield. Uh, <laughs> you know, what or, or regular season championship because they it's got it. called out saying, well, the Supporter Shield's from the supporters. And, you know, to be fair, you know, SAFC supporters have not. Uh, or not SAFC, USL supporters haven't had it. Uh, there was a, a a plate that was given out last to Phoenix. Um, it was I've given heard out. reports. Uh, <laughs> Phoenix with uh, their PR guy, uh, Bosch, if you follow him, you know, H. Bosch, I forget his, his thing there, said that USL has stopped giving that out, which is kind of disappointing. I kind of understood it during uh, COVID. COVID time. But I find that, or they said, because it's not, it's not set up like a traditional league where everybody plays everybody. They don't feel like that it's a worthy thing. To me, you went, you come out with the best record after what thirty four matches. Yeah, it's a long. There, there's there should be something. It shouldn't yeah. be, you know, this uh, what training thing or whatever that they. It's a balanced do. cover or whatever. So. <laughs> We get, we get one of those silver plates from Dollar Tree. And we're gonna, yeah, there you go. yeah, we need to head out. Wrap it on there. Just buy one of those Captain oh. America shields and just. I'll <laughs> just say, Copa Teos is able to go on to Amazon, whatever, get the cowboy chip hat, and say, "Hey, that's the you know uh, you know supporter shield for all of the the Copa Teos things and, and and along those lines." There's no reason why USL cannot provide one um maybe they'll surprise us and, and at the last match have present something um but we'll see here but that you know to me that was the disappointing thing uh, on the match is is that there was no trophy or, or there doesn't appear to be any trophy for winning the regular season usl already doesn't pay anything if you win the damn league you in the playoffs or the or the regular season the least you can do is give give them a participation trophy in my opinion but uh that's my little story thing here. Um, moving on. Uh, well, Rafa, did you have any final thoughts? Oh, this is a great win. We just showed that we own, we own the East, even though we lost that one with Indy. But you know. seven, seven, oh, one, uh, seven wins, one loss. Um, outside of Memphis, which is the only one they've also completed, they had six wins and or uh, I want to say six wins, two draws. Uh, they're you know they're you know so points wise. Uh, of course, San Antonio is right up there um, at this point. So, moving on to the standings, uh, East, the top set, uh, the so top seven is set, but the order is not. Um, Louisville's clinched, so they're going to be the number one seed, so they get a buy. Memphis, to me, they're in, they're in the driver's seat, although the Rowdies do have three matches left to the two by, uh, by Memphis. Uh, they got to make up the El Paso match that got rained out uh, due to the hurricane. Or not rained out, they moved it prior due to the hurricane, which was the right thing to do uh, for that here. 
Birmingham, who we face this week's fourth. Detroit City, who has one more match left, is in fifth. Uh, they lost last night to Lou City. Uh, the Riverhounds, uh, 53, and then my, the Miami FC um, at 52. So f- anywhere from fourth through uh, seventh is still a wild card. And, you know, really, I think the top three are going to be kind of set. But, you know, who gets that last home spot, whether it's Detroit, Pittsburgh, or Miami FC, that's still to be determined. Um out west, the picks are starting to come into play a little bit, especially at the top. San Antonio's locked into one and host uh, all the way through as long as they win. San Diego's locked into second. Um, with last night's win over El Paso, um, you got to think Colorado Springs is getting locked in pretty close uh, to clinching the third slot. Sacramento, I think, is for, <coughs> excuse me, fairly comfortable in the fourth. Uh, but five, six, seven, going all the way down to probably Vegas. Um, you know, and I hate saying the the lights don't, or Monterey Bay's kind of falling out. But if you look at their past form and, and they got more uh, road road games coming up where they typically don't perform as well, I think they're going to fall a little bit short. But New Mexico United's got three matches left, but it's going to be a jam packed three because uh, last night's match against. Uh, um, uh, uh, LA Galaxy. They're going to play on a Saturday turnaround and have to, or no, they're going to play on a Sunday turnaround, have to play on a Wednesday and then fi- uh, finish that final Saturday because uh, I don't see uh, USL going beyond. I think it's the 15th uh, for their here, uh, you know, for that for the playoffs. RGV controls their own destiny. They get Phoenix Rising this week, uh, you know, down at HEB Park. Um, if they win, they control their thing. If they lose, then it throw you know uh, you got to start worrying about them. Uh, the roots, um, you know, sneaking along. El Paso took the big hit last night, losing four one. They still got to play Tampa. They got to play Colorado Springs uh, for that here. So uh, their path getting in Vegas, you know, and Monterey Bay, I think, are on the outside. Uh, Galaxy, I guess you got to throw in there because they've got three matches, uh, but I'm not a believer in the Galaxy. And um, Rising fans still believe they got a chance. Uh, everything needs needs to work perfect for them. But uh, technically speaking, mathematically, um, if they beat if they beat uh, RGV, which I don't think I don't think they do personally, but uh, technically speaking, if all the chips fall, they can. So looking at the playoffs, you know, as we speak right now. San Diego would fate would host Oakland Roots, which would be an interesting match because Oakland Roots has played San Diego tough. Uh, RGV against Colorado Springs in Colorado, um, interesting matchup. Uh, I could see RGV uh, pulling the win, and New Mexico uh, Sacramento. Uh, you know, at this point here, yeah, I'd say Sacramento uh, pretty easily. The thing is, San Antonio gets the lowest seed. Uh, whether it be RGV, New Mexico, Oakland, if any of those three are able to pull the upset, um, technically, you know, we would get the lowest seed. So is there any team? I'll ask you this question here. If you're able to pick who's the one team you want to face and who's the one team you don't want to face. Uh, We'll start with you, Matt. I would say I want RGV. Sure. I would want them because it, it, it'd be a great match. But and I don't want New Mexico. 
Darius mentioned, uh, you know, I don't want to face <laughs> in the playoffs. I'm sweeping this by multiple goals during the year. Gave me nightmares. Yeah, yeah. Won't feel good until they are officially eliminated from the playoffs. They are the one team that I think talent-wise, if they do get in, has a bottom seed that co- could go far. But I also think San Antonio would love to face Phoenix because I don't think San Antonio mm-hmm. had their – had they had – if you watch that game against in, in Phoenix, we dominated. They had, that game. Op, they had opportunities and they just couldn't. They couldn't finish. But uh, Phoenix is a good shout. If if they get in, they are they are a sleeper pick. You know, they are probably the strongest bottom seed that out out, out of in the hit. You know, modern history that that could that could make a deep run. Um, uh, Robert, yours. Uh, well, you said that was your your one. Who you want, Matt? Who is the one that you didn't want to face? New Mexico. Phoenix. Out of the three, I would say New Mexico. Robert, who's your picks? I mean, I guess out of the the top seven, I mean, the one I would want to face is New Mexico for sure. I mean, they just there's like if you watch their games, they're just like a lot. It almost like they're like going through the motions, and there's not a lot of offense. There's defense, but there's just nothing that – I can't think of a player that just scares me. Like, that guy could take over a game and then all of a sudden – and and My only it, thing is Chris Weehan. <laughs> Last time I had a field, though. He left Toyota had a field. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, but remember, but, Garcia didn't but, play that game. But Toyota no, Field I know, is not like Chris, him. We don't like Chris him. Chris Weehan <laughs> has that voodoo spell that no, – He scores on Toyota Field all the time. Yeah, Toyota Field, he like – he, what, has three or four goals, right? Something uh, crazy. I don't want to talk about it, but I mean, Sacramento was my initial one, but the the roots kind of are scaring me a little because they're playing better in this run of form. I mean, an RGV is like the one that they play so similar to us, and they've been hot. But if I if if I had to put one team, I'd say Sacramento right now. I mean, not that I I mean I can't say I don't want to sit here and say that's the team I don't want to face because we can't beat them. It's just that's the one that is most similar to us that could give us the most fits. Rafa, yours? Uh, I think the one team maybe like I just pigeon off of Robert Sacramento. I'm kind of because they're just a mirror, kind of like a mirror image of us. But but I think we I think for us we have a the edge on them between us and then we have a better bench. I think we have a better bench than Sacramento. As far as the other teams, we're not. I'm not scared of them. You know, bring it. I, I want to kick Landon Donovan's ass again. <laughs> Wine again, like last year, and yeah, I mean, I'm not afraid. New Mexico's falling apart. Colorado doesn't have Haji Berry anymore, so I'm not scared of them. Yeah, but know, offensively, they still got talent. Yeah, but with Colorado, it's their defense. Uh, yeah, you know, that's that. You know, and I know they've improved, but their defense is still not, not in my opinion, not championship level. In Oakland, aren't don't they feel disrespected? Like, can you think about it? Their coach leaves in the middle when they're in the playoff race to a quote unquote better situation. And they're not even like pushing for the playoffs have been in a poor run of form, even with him being there. And then they're actually all of a sudden picking it. It's interesting. It's an interesting storyline. So that's where we're at. um, For, you know, for that here, um, you know, I'll let Ro- uh, Robert or not Robert uh, Rafa introduce the last topic. Uh, but uh, Champions League is back, um, so you know we've got to dog a little bit on um, um, Barcelona. 
<laughs> uh, so let's take a look here. Uh, let me see. If I can make this bigger. Uh, Napoli uh, in well, three games played. Uh, they're three and zero, oh, uh, nine points. Liverpool six. Ajax Rangers uh, um, bringing out the rears. <laughs> Group B: Club Bruges, Porto, Bayern, uh, Atletico Madrid. This one, obviously, Club Bruges seems to. Uh, I don't know if they've clinched already, but they got to be fairly close. Uh, yeah, I think to, they win one more game. They're they're they clinch uh, the second round spot. But the who do you see coming out two, three, and four? I, I, I think where the race goes. Yeah, I think eventually. I think Porto will probably pull out because Atletico they're they're playing like crap and and I'm surprised Leverkusen is also struggling too. But yeah, I think Porto ends up I think getting the second one. Well, what do you know? It's uh, Rafa's BFF. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're not to that uh, division there, uh, Coach Cano. Uh, Bayern, uh, Inter Milan, Barcelona, uh, uh, Victoria, Polins. We need to get Coach Cano to a game. <laughs> that yeah, he's interesting a guy. It, interesting, though, that, with that group, um, Inter – and Barcelona Inter got the win, but uh, Barcelona felt robbed because <laughs> of a couple of handballs. And but they're gonna play again. I mean, if, if Barcelona doesn't win at home against Inter, and let's say Inter gets a tie, uh, Barcelona is gonna be playing in that in the in the Europa League. So, <laughs> you think so, anybody can pull a point from Bayern or no? I think maybe if Bayern wins the next game, I think they'll probably what they're gonna probably do is probably play some of the more of their bench players and. That you know you, you might see one, uh, maybe one if they play against Barcelona, they'll probably put a stack team for that because I think they want to embarrass them again. I know Oliver Kahn wants to do that, but like I said, they may steal a point. I think I can see I can see um, Inter maybe steal a point from them. Group D, uh, Sporting, uh, Portugal, Tottenham in second, uh, Eintracht Frankfurt uh, in third, and Marcelli. Uh, Marcelli. Marcel bringing up uh, the fourth slot here. This one's got to be one of the most competitive matches mm -hmm. where there's no clear-cut top team at this point. So this one's wide open, in my opinion. Would you think Tottenham would be winning the group and maybe Frankfurt because they're the Europa champs, Europa League champs? But Sporting's doing a great job. I mean, they've they're coming clutch since the first loss and. But it's gonna, I think it's going to come down to the final, the final two games for that. You know, I, I think I think eventually Tottenham, I think Sporting are going to end up passing through. Group E: Salzburg, Chelsea, Milan, and Dynamo uh, Zagreb. Um, another very competitive group. That's Chelsea's cool. been a little bit on a disappointment at, at this point, in my opinion. Um, but this is this is a very competitive group, one through four. Unlike some on some of the others, uh, your thoughts, uh, Rafa or Robert? Well, Chelsea got a three-zero win over Milan at home, but <laughs> they're gonna have to flip-flop and head out of Italy next week. And it's a do-or-die for Milan. They have to win this. They have to win at home against Chelsea to kind of, and then you know, like I said, and hopefully they're gonna end up beating Salzburg. I'm sure they'll take care of Dynamo Sacred at the end. 
But I think it's, I think eventually it's going to probably be ch- between Chelsea and Milan. I think Sacre, I think Salzburg might kind of choke on that. Group F, we don't really need to talk about because it's uh, <laughs> yeah. Celtic. Let's go Celtic. It's not the Boston Celtics. So. <laughs> oh man, Celtic looks boring. <laughs> yeah, Real Madrid had a. They kind of cruise. They should have scored more goals on that game against the Shakhtar. They're going to play them again um, next week at um, in Poland. So. If they can get a win for that, that pretty much clinches the the group for them. Um, but I think shot. I think you know, got to give it a shocker. You know, from Ukraine, playing away from Ukraine, what's going on, and you know, hats yeah. to them. And and hopefully they do. You know, hopefully they do get get to advance and go on. You know, how that way they have something that the Ukrainian people can cha- you know cheer for in the second in the Champions League second round. Since Coach Kano uh, popped uh, popped on here. Um... Do you, do you care to comment about your draw in La Liga this past week against uh, Osuana, who, who's a club that I had personally never heard of because I'm not a uh, you know La Liga fan? Osasuna, yeah, yeah, at, at Real Madrid. So, you know, let, let's let's give full plate here. You know, it seems like a bit of a disappointing result. Yeah, <laughs> but hey, it, it, it happens. It just, I mean, it happens. <laughs> but hey, we're 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 circling around That's for that a game. Viking like here with that oh, answer. No. Oh, it happens. It, no, it happens. But we're no, circling the one. We're, we're, circling the one, we're circling the one on the 16th. Uh, You're circling the one against take, take out that that the the, the that team full of Visigoths and barbarians out on the east the team coast. Team that's in first place by by a couple of goals, but. Uh, still, 19 goals, one goal allowed. That's that seems a lot better than uh, 18 yeah. goals and seven allowed. I'm well, just saying, you know, they've, they've just, played the know. scrubs of the La Liga. They haven't played the tough ones yet, so it's a still long season. <laughs> uh, sorry, I've been saving that one there. Oh, here. Uh, Group G, uh, the Man City Invitational, uh, Dortmund, Sevilla, uh, Copenhagen. Um, Dude, I just to, to me, Man City. Even it's yeah, going to take a special team to beat them this year. They look great. <laughs> they look great. The the one thing on the knock on City is the defense. Just you know, right now they're doing well, but when it comes to the knockout stage, they always find a way to choke. Especially so you're the trying defense. to say they're the Colorado Springs of uh, oh. of, the, of the Champions <laughs> yeah. League is what you're yeah. trying to say. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they scored three goals, but give up five. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I think eventually, I think that group, like I said, Matthew is going to win that group. Dorm, I think Dortmund will pass through. Sevilla just sacked sack Lubateri, and they bring him back a familiar coach. They used to coach for Chile and Argentina. I don't forget his last name, but like I said, Sevilla probably going to end up in the Europa League. And I'll feel yeah, sorry. Sevilla is hurting in La Liga as well. They're yeah, 17 out of 20. Yeah. So, so, so they they're they're in dire straits right now. And then Copenhagen, thank you for participating. Uh, PSG, Benfica, Juventus. Uh, you know, for us that kind of follow it, not exactly so- shocking, but for a name brand club, it is kind of shocking to see how far they are back in third place. And then, of course, Josh Cohen uh, doing all he can between the pipes uh, with. Uh, uh, was it Maccabi Hafia, you know, from uh, Israel? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, unfortunately, doesn't have much, just the talent level is just much different. But uh, 
your thoughts on Group H? The PSG didn't walk through like I thought they would, but uh... Benfica had them down, and you know, but that was the game was played at Benfica. And they're gonna do the turnaround, and that now the next game is gonna be at the at the in Paris. So that's a that's a key game. If Paris Paris wins that game, the more likely will win the group. But if Benfica wins it. Now you pretty put the pressure on PSG and Juventus really, like I said, they need to get, get another win down there in Israel. And, and then hopefully they can knock off PSG at, at home and try to, you know, slide into that second spot. I think, I think Benfica's in like a better position there, you know, right now, if they can get a tie or they can get a win at, at, in Paris, it's a, like I said, they'll win the group, but I think PSG is probably, if they, they'll take care of business at home. So I have to go pick up AJ. So uh, it's going to be now Rafa, Robert, and Matt uh, running the uh, show. So uh, if you guys are still back on, still on while I'm uh, when I get back with AJ, we'll we'll pick up the discussion. Maybe Royce will hop on, although it's kind of late for him um, with the with the youngster. Uh, but uh, have fun, uh, Rafa. You know the, the floor is yours as the host. Uh, I'm sure we're going to get better ratings, and you know everybody will be hopping on to you know, catch you at this point. <laughs> so I, I guess one of the, I guess we I guess to finish off the show, there was a you know some interesting things came up this week with the you know NWSL, the whole report with um, sent with with Yates and just. Re- ridiculous to, to read that report with some of the how some of these coaches were acting and so forth uh matt or Rara, how do you how do you guys feel about that situation i mean it's repulsive like the there's no place and not even in just soccer just in in this world in general for people to take advantage of their positions of power or like take advantage of situations where people don't necessarily feel comfortable voicing their you know reaching out because of like fear of retaliation or, you know, repercussions. And they're just trying to, you know, make a career out of, you know, something they love. And then it takes away their safe space. Like that's the biggest thing is like, that's a place where they feel comfortable and loved or they it's passion. And now it's been taken away. It's a place of, they don't want to wake up. They don't want to go. And, and like I said, the idea is like, that's it's repulsive at the end of the day. And it absolutely needs to be uh, addressed and it needs to be eliminated. What do what you, what are your, comments on Matt on the, on that situation. I mean, it's like I said, it's it's it, pretty much the same as what Robert said. Power is just getting taken for granted. And it's and some of them just didn't have that safe spot anymore. You you don't feel like it it I don't know, like your passion has just gotten stripped from you. And it's it's just tough to really comment on it yeah like for me for me being a former you know guess a club coach you know it 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 angered me a lot because i did witness quite a few of it not only on the girls side but also on the boys side too and and we'll maybe see there may be a report for that later on who knows you know with mls and so forth but you know what i think the u.s soccer i think they focus more on building it as a business and then actually developing players and helping develop those players, but also put them in a positive environment. And I think this is like the reflection of what happened with the U.S. gymnastics situation too, you know, throwing it under the rug and so forth, you know, the embarrassing part, like with the, with the Portland Thorns and, 
you know, on that, I found a situation recently. I was out in Odessa about the UTPB coach kind of acting the same way with the players. And so it's not only from the top. It's also going all the way to the, you know, the college level, the semi-pro level. And I know there was an issue last year, you know, uh, with the team, I think with Austin, uh, one of the Austin teams with the, where the Athenians played and, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and then they're going even to the club levels. And I, and I think, you know, U.S. soccer really needs to take, uh, you look in the mirror on this and really come up with a better system to not allow these people to ever coach again. Yeah. And, you know, this thing about yelling at kids and this and that. And for me, you know, and I take pride when I coach, you know, and I can you know say that I didn't yell at my players. You know, if I have to make a point across, I'll pull them to the side and, hey, you know, get in gear and so forth and get it done. And that's that, you know, just positive reinforcement because, you know, a lot of those, you know, a lot of your kids, you coach up, you're, you're the role model. You know, you're probably a father figure or, or mother figure. And I think U.S. soccer kind of doesn't see it, see things that way. And I think they really need to kind of clean house and also build, hopefully they have a system that yeah. doesn't allow coaches to jumping from one state to another state or another town and not do it like a, you know, I know they do background checks because like I said, I had to do a background check when I do coach club soccer, but situations like this, they do need a, back, a good background check to say, hey, or even, you know, terminate their national licenses. If they have a license, guess what? You lose it if you're going to act yeah. this way. Man. It, and you'll see, like, other examples of it outside of soccer. I mean, there's even shows that somewhat promote it. If you ever saw that one uh, Friday Night Tykes. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, that little kids, it made no sense. It was infuriating to see that. That little kid, and they're grabbing him by the face mask, like, yelling at them as if they're adults. I was like, no, because it just creates like a cycle. Like then they think it's the way to act in the future when they're in that same situation. So they need to break the cycle and realize this is not, not the appropriate way to do it. And our viewers saying those like cheerleading mom shows where those, they're just like screaming. And we're talking about anorexia to these kids that are like 10 years old. <laughs> like, come on, like, what are you doing? Like you're literally projecting the wrong image. So I think some of it just stems from unfortunately societal like flaws that, need to be addressed globally but also in the game and eliminated like that kind of stuff just needs to not happen but i mean it's easier said than done it's just a matter of now putting the measures in place that are effectively going to do it not just window dressing not because all of a sudden it's the topic du jour like they're talking about it now you need to act because that's the problem like sometimes they talk about it talk about it, it becomes a social media trend then nothing happens like then we're in a cycle six months later, two years later, same talking about that. Remember when it, same thing. So it needs to really, really be enforced in a way that makes an impact, though. Yeah. Do you, do you, do you think they're more worried about the, as far as the quantity of having more players and having success and having more business or they haven't, they haven't actually quality coaches that are not going to go through that route? You know, how, how do we fit? You know, should that be fixed? it's tough. It's a tough answer. Cause like you can talk about additional regulations. You can talk about licensing. You can talk about that, but it comes like deep. It's like almost like the fiber of our society needs to be amended to realize, you know, this is not the appropriate way to do it. And like those shows, that's the problem when they project stuff like that, all of a sudden it makes it other people see it and they say, Oh, this is, you know, going to get me noticed. This is the way to act. This is how it should be, but we need to not, you know, I guess glorify that type of stuff that we have a bad habit of, you know, in our society of glorifying situations like that as if, oh, it's a cool show to watch. It's interesting. But you're looking at little kids get literally abused and, and nothing's being said. 
and it's not like he said she said it's on tv yeah and it's like there's no it's like wow how is that okay yeah here's a here's a uh, comment from coach county goes it's important that's it that's understood this is a systematic uh soccer problem up the entire chain from youth soccer to the pros far more than the nwsl which is true that's that's the truth and 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 it needs to be fixed and so forth and you know hopefully like i said i know with the world women's world cup coming up soon you know it's and then trying to grow the sport, especially trying to grow the sport for the women's sport. Yes. You know, because the men's have, you know, like I said, I know the men's does get a lot of more of the attention and so forth, but we're also trying to grow the women's the women's soccer here. And like I said, the U.S. Women's, women's National have had success winning World Cups. But this is, you know, this is not the way you build a program by having these type of coaches there to do mm-hmm. these things or, or having administrators to put things under the rugs or, you know, and so forth that's even the worst part is like when it became came to light like it almost seemed like a lot of them were using technical roadblocks not to release information before they mm-hmm. could formulate a game plan they were just like let's make a calculated response in terms of like trying to save face and avoid you know more public backlash or let's see how, who cares how you're perceived at this point let it all out and fix it like you know you let it happen under your under your watch so you need to be held responsible like you know not necessarily disguise or hide it or hide behind like you know you know, legal, 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 uh, legal, legal situations where you don't have to produce or I produce, just let it all, let's fix it. Like, that's the thing. They need to really get people together to fix it. And it's good that they're talking out because what's, what's crazy is if you think about it, these are situations we know about. How many don't we know about that didn't say yeah. anything? And this has been happening for years or happened to other people. Like, these are the ones who are brave enough to actually step up and say something. That That's kind of a wild thing to think about. Like, you know. What, what do you think, Matt, on, on that? Um, I mean, it's, it's like I said in our in our all in our talks. Uh, to me, it it's it's not even to me. I feel like it's not even just the soccer. I I believe it's in all sports for us. That's just me. But it's like I said, no, no, you shouldn't take away that safe space for for people. You shouldn't take away the the love of, of something. Uh, you should always promote. Like I, like you say, positive reinforcement. Get them to do to want to do better, instead of I have to do better. If not, I'm gonna get such and such consequence. So I just, to me, in in the whole U.S. just needs to do better in their sports. Yeah, well, I'm like I said, I'm hoping they do. Like I said, fix this mess. I mean, like it's like Robert you mentioned, I mean, we don't know what happens happening on the men's side. You know, they could be the, you know, this thing could really blow open and. Especially now with the U.S. with the World Cup coming to the U.S. in four in four years, you know how is that gonna, you know, is that gonna kind of put a black eye on our, you know, into the sport moving forward? Being a co-host for this, you know, for this World Cup, and you know, we need to, you know, find solutions to fix this so that way, you know, it's not really kind of thrown back, you know, in the face of you know of the U.S. Soccer Federation and so forth. So hopefully they can be able to take care of that. So. We'll just leave it on that. Hopefully, we can discuss that. <laughs> well, yeah. Any thoughts for that on that? And, and I have a huge thing. Like, I have a daughter. Like, I was thinking if it was her in that situation and she was treated, oh my God, like it would, uh, no, no. Like, that even no. makes you more passionate about the subject. You no. just hear it and you're like, no. And it, you know, it, I don't know. It, it uh, 
not to go off on too much of a tangent, but I was like, yeah, it upsets me. And like, literally, like, it, it makes me want to, you know, say a lot of foul stuff. <laughs> like, no, it's not going to happen, you know? So, anyways. So, so we'll, we'll leave that topic there. Hopefully, like I said, things do improve on. I guess I'm sure Harry, I know, I know Harry's giving his opinion on it. And I'm sure Royce has his too. Um, so, to finish the show, final thoughts. Uh, we'll go, we'll start with uh, Matt. What's you your final thought for the week? Man, we better fill up the muff, that dang stadium. We better get everybody in that stadium c- coming on the 15th and the 28th. Jeez, get, we already got so many, so much uh, action going on with supporters and and just crowds uh, and themselves. Like, hey, I, I just want to see San Antonio support uh, a team that actually has been, should be in the news. Uh, I mean, after y'all both see me on Twitter just trying to uh, thank certain outlets for, for just preaching about SAFC. And, and like I said, I, I really, really believe uh, San Antonio should be on a pedestal right now for, for how far and all these records that we have done. So uh, I, congrats to SAFC right now. That's, that's what I want to say. Robert, your final thoughts? I mean, the first thing is, like, let's go for seis puntos. Two more wins. Let's set the record. Let's end the season on a high note. Like you said, bring the energy at the game. Be proud of local. Be proud of your team. You know, go out and support. Enjoy it. Love it. Have fun. Have a good time. You know, let, let's do this. Let's continue to keep the energy, keep it positive. And then the cool thing I've seen lately is if you, I don't know, if, I'm sure you've caught it, but like even some of our players are getting more and more recognition. Like Tanner was interviewed by on Sirius Radio on the USL Axis, and then uh, Tanner was on a USL show. So it's cool to see like our players are getting additional, you know, recognition. I thought I saw Far and Tanner were both interviewed by I think. It's like Rudy J or one of those one of those shows. So, I mean, just continue to promote it, market it. You know, stay positive. Let's let's uh, try to fix the systematic issues and and love each other and and support each other and let's let's go. So, well, my final thought. Well, congratulations to uh, to, to Manly making the USL the team of the week. So, congratulations on one of the good guys is on there. Um, my final thought, like I said. Uh, like I said, two games, two more games. Let's get the record. Let's take care of business at Birmingham, which is another playoff team. A good test for us, which is great. Get us, get us battle tested for the, you know, for the playoffs. And then let's see, we can fill up that stadium, especially that, you know, for the final regular season finale. But especially for the playoffs, you know, I want to see like a big crowd like we had, you know, eight years ago for that Scorpions final game. You know, this team really deserves. They've worked their butts off. They've earned. You know our, our, you know the the praise and the respect, and that thing we need to give them that yeah, that it'll, sure. you know fill that fill that stadium to give them that extra the umph to bring that that championship here to San Antonio, which will absolutely post that title again and win another title, or you know here bringing to San Antonio and maybe we get to run onto the stadium like the last time yeah. eight years ago, and then and then last thing like I said I just want to wish out like I said uh, like I said um. Thank you to Coach Kano. Thank you to Darius for the comments. Yep. Um, and also, uh, happy birthday to my niece. She turns 12 tomorrow, so happy birthday to her, to my, uh, to my niece. Emily. Well, happy birthday to the guys this past week. Uh, Jordan, Jordan, Jordan Farr. Jordan Farr and Shannon. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, happy birthday, Aaron. fellas. Yeah, happy yeah, birthday, you guys. So, so, so happy birthday. Maybe I'll give them some cupcakes or something for after the game. <laughs> There you go. There you go. But like I said, I want to thank you, thank you, Matt, thank you, Robert, and also thank you, Harry, you know, for for being on the show. So we'll hopefully we'll be back 
to cover for the Birmingham game, you know, highlights for that game. And I uh, like to say, you know, what's what life without goals? We'll see you guys next week. Take care. Follow us on Twitter and on Facebook and on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> see y'all later. Okay.